The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is your relationship with Jesus so strong, so firm, so solid that you turn over all your worries to him? That you know that he died on the cross for you and therefore he will do anything else that's good for you? Dying on the cross is is a big thing. It's a terribly painful thing. You know, the way Jesus died on the cross, the way he was killed, was the most brutal way that the Romans had figured out how to make somebody suffer as they died. Even to the point of, as he was being nailed to the cross, they yanked Jesus's arms. His arms were dislocated from his shoulders as they stretched him upon the cross. We know from history, we know from scientific evidence, we know from what saints and mystics have said that Jesus suffered more on the cross than we even know, than we even think about. The crucifixes that we have hanging in our homes and in our churches are really cleaned up versions of what Jesus really looked like. Scripture tells us that he was unrecognizable as a man. I mean, that was from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament foreseeing the Messiah. But he was so brutalized and ripped up by the scourging before he even carried the cross. And that was painful. And and being nailed to the cross, I mean, that was the worst kind of suffering imaginable. Not even imaginable, because it was really demonic. I really believe that the Romans invented this method of execution through demonic influence. And this is the way Satan wanted Jesus to die, in the worst possible way. Satan thought he was destroying his enemy, God himself, in Christ. He thought he was destroying and punishing God through making him suffer in the worst possible way. But Jesus being God, Jesus caring about you, accepted this way to die. You know, Jesus being God could have picked any way to die if he had to die for us, and he did. But, you know, God is God. You know, maybe... He could have come up with a different plan that was less painful for him, but no. He chose to die at the hands of the devil in order for you to be rescued from the devil. He accepted the worst possible suffering because our sins are much more damaging to us than we even realize. Jesus took our sins upon himself on the cross. He had to suffer terribly because our sins are terrible. Even our smallest of sins are terrible. And why is that? 
because it interferes with the love relationship that God wants to have with us and the love relationships that he wants us to have with other people and also the love relationship he wants to have with ourselves, the healthy, holy love. Low self-esteem, that's an indication that the devil's been at work or that damage has been done to you. That's not how God sees you. God sees you in great esteem even while you are sinning because he knows that he created you to be good. He created you in his own image. And when you sin, he sees your sin, but he also sees what is beautiful about you, what is wonderful about you, what is good about you. He also knows how much he cares about you and loves you. That's why Jesus died for you. That's why Jesus suffered so much for you. And that's why he rose from the dead, so that he could bring you into the fullness of new life, the life that God designed for you from the beginning. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, God already planned your existence and planned for it to be a good relationship with him, a love-shared relationship. And he planned for you to have such a wonderful life that others would know his love through you. This is how God sees you. But how do you see Jesus? Do you see him smiling at you? When you think of Jesus, when you picture him, do you think of him as smiling at you? Consider the ways that artists have pictured Jesus down through the centuries. How often have you seen a smiling Jesus? I've pretty much discovered through searching that the only, just about, the only times I see Jesus smiling in artwork is when he's got children on his lap or surrounding him. But you know what? We are children too, children of the Father, Father God. And we need to have that same smiling Jesus as those little kids do. And I think we even need the smiling Jesus more because we have so many more hardships that have accumulated as we've gotten older. So many sorrows, so many sufferings that have wounded us and and we really need Jesus to be at our side. We need Jesus to be holding us and hugging us and comforting us and healing us and reassuring us. We need to see Jesus smiling at us because it's a smile that says that he is not only pleased with us, pleased with what is good in us, but he cares about us and he actually enjoys being with us. Do you see Jesus that way? A good way to meditate with Jesus is to picture in your mind, create in your mind a sacred place where you meet Jesus. Years ago when I started doing this, one of the first places that I pictured was a boat. And the boat is at a dock. And it's gently rocking on some very mild movement of the water. And I climb onto this boat. I even picture how the boat is shaped, how it looks, how big it is. Because when you do this kind of a meditation, the more details you can put into it, the better the experience, the more you actually feel the experience, the more your brain is aware that you are truly meeting with Jesus. So in my visualization, I get onto this boat and there's Jesus sitting 
at the back of the boat and he invites me over to sit next to him. And by the way, down in the galley, you know, there's a few steps down into the galley underneath the hull and the Blessed Mother is cooking a wonderful meal for us there. But when I sit with Jesus at the back of the boat, I'm telling him whatever is on my mind, the problems I have, the things that are prayer requests that I'm hoping will soon be answered, questions that I have, whatever. When you ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your imagination before you do this kind of prayer, trust what Jesus tells you in your visualization. Let Jesus minister to you in that visualization. Feel him putting his arm around you and comforting you, safely holding you in the embrace of the beloved holding the beloved. You are his beloved. He is your beloved. There is a very wonderful and intimate relationship going on between the two of you in your souls that really makes a difference. And if you're not doing this with your prayer time, you're missing out on an opportunity to feel closer to Jesus. Let me share with you something that St. Teresa of Calcutta once said. She goes, I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus, one-to-one, you and Jesus alone. We may spend time in chapel, but have you seen with the eyes of your soul how he looks at you with love? Do you really know the living Jesus, not from books, but from being with him in your heart? Have you heard the loving words he speaks to you? In doing a visualization like this, that is one way that you can hear his loving words and see the love in his eyes and feel him holding you safely in his arms. Another way to do that is to go to Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Go to the nearest Catholic church. First find out when they have Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Unfortunately, not every church has this. So if you don't have one near you that has this available, then go to Mass realizing that when the priest holds up the consecrated bread, which is now Jesus' body, he holds it up and says, Behold, this is the Lamb of God. You can have Eucharistic adoration then, even if it's just for a couple of seconds. And if you're a priest listening, hold that host up long enough for people to spend time entering into adoration of him. Show the people who are celebrating Mass with you that you are adoring Jesus, that you recognize his presence there. This is a very valuable time of Eucharistic adoration. If you have a parish, my friend, where Eucharistic adoration is not available, go ask the pastor for it and keep asking until something is done. And if the pastor says, well, we could have it if enough people signed up to be there during the time when the host, Jesus in the Eucharist, is exposed, is is there on the altar, exposed in what we call a monstrance, a gold holder that is like a throne for Jesus. 
if the pastor says, yes, we can do this if we had enough people sign up, then you volunteer to make sure that people sign up. You get the word out. You organize it because that's how things happen. And when you go to Eucharistic Adoration, spend time visualizing Jesus there. Feel him, sense him, see him with with the eyes of your soul. And pay attention to what he is saying to you. When I first became Catholic and first came alive in my relationship with Jesus in a very new and special way. I grew up believing in Jesus, but I really, really met him after I came into personal contact with the Holy Spirit. After I got an anointing of the Holy Spirit, some call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit awakened my relationship with Jesus like it had never been before. I used to go to prayer groups back at that time and would go to them now if it was available right here in my parish and that's something I've been praying for. If you've got it available, please avail yourself of it. I would hear people in these prayer meetings say, Jesus revealed to me, Jesus said to me, I heard Jesus speak to me, whatever, and I'd say, gee, I'm jealous. How can I hear Jesus speak to me? Well, if you have that same question, how do you know when Jesus is speaking to you? Trust the Holy Spirit to anoint your imagination. Ask the Holy Spirit, and we'll pray together at the end of this podcast episode for this, but ask the Holy Spirit to help you hear the voice of Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your imagination, and then close your eyes and develop this sacred space in your imagination where you can meet Jesus. For me, it was a boat, Go to any favorite place, any safe feeling place, any place that feels comfortable and good to you. It's a sacred place that you create in your spirit, deep within your soul. Ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your imagination as you enter into that place and picture Jesus and talk to Jesus and ask him to help you through his Holy Spirit to hear him. And then whatever you hear, if it doesn't contradict scripture, if it doesn't contradict the teachings of the church, which by the way are all based on scripture, if it is good, if it blesses you, if it's not making excuses for sin, for example, or telling you something that you'd like to hear because it's something the world is saying and you want to believe that that's true, but somewhere inside of you, you, you're wondering, maybe it's not true, you're uncomfortable with it. Your inner spirit that's connected to the Holy Spirit knows that it's against the teachings of Christ. As long as you are hearing something that is good, that is true, as in you can look it up in scripture and see that it's true. By the way, I'm not talking about scriptural bingo, Bible bingo, where you can open up the scriptures and point to something and take it out of context and make it imply something that you want to imply that it's not really what is intended by God for it to imply. We can use scriptures the wrong way. Hey, Satan used scriptures the wrong way when he tried to tempt Jesus at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So you also need to get to know scripture, do Bible studies, 
We have things available on the Good News Ministries website to help you with that. The daily reflections that are sent out on the readings of Mass greatly help with that. We also have other things, other resources on our various websites that will help help you get to know Scripture better, help you get to know church teachings more thoroughly, and help you get to know Jesus better as a result of these things. So when you're talking to Jesus, if it is good, if it is a blessing to hear it, if it heals, if it helps, if it is true and doesn't contradict Scripture, trust and believe that that really is Jesus talking to you. If you're asking a question about the future, like, you know, Lord, I want you to tell me, is something going to happen or what's going to happen or or something that you need to know supernaturally? In other words, you don't know it by yourself and you're asking Jesus to reveal it to you. This is where your trust in the Holy Spirit working through your imagination needs to be tested. You need to talk to people who are spirit-filled and ask them to pray with you and for you to help you know whether what you think you've heard from Jesus is true. You need to give it the test of time. You need to let Jesus prove that it was really him, and he will do that. He will prove it's really him, and he wants you to ask for that proof and wait for that proof. It's not an insult to him, not at all when you wait for him to prove it. But if he's proven it more than a couple of times and you still say, wait a minute, that can't be the Lord. You know, I I, I want more proof. Then he begins to say, what are you procrastinating? Why are you procrastinating? Come on, let's, let's move on here. We test what we hear from Jesus by relying on people that God puts into our lives who have such a good relationship with Jesus and with his Holy Spirit so that they can be good instruments of confirming, echoing, maybe shedding even further light on what you have heard Jesus say. Going to a spiritual director is also another way to do this, especially if that spiritual director is active and alive in a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and spends time discerning and praying about you and what you think the Lord might be saying to you. Another way to get confirmation is to wait for the Lord to say it through scriptures that pop up to your attention or songs, Christian songs, and he could even use non-Christian songs as long as they're not satanic, you know, and not evil, not filled with hatred and other bad stuff. But God will speak through music. God will speak through the lyrics of songs. God will speak through a beautiful piece of art. God will speak through the timing, coincidences of things. Look for coincidences, so-called, quote-unquote, coincidences that deal with, that remind you of what you're waiting to receive confirmation of. God will confirm it. And if it's important enough, if it's a very important decision, for example, you can even go so far as to say, Lord, if this really is from you, then fill in the blank. What would help you know that God himself is saying, yes, this is what I'm telling you. You're you're hearing me. It could be something as simple as 
when I go to work today, give me green lights in the traveling by car, you know, give me green lights all the way. Or it could be something else such as, and this is one of my favorites, whenever dealing with a decision. Lord, if this is really your idea, then open doors. In other words, instead of me going to say, can this door be opened by my own effort? God is telling me, I think, to go do this over here. If I go over there, I can possibly make it happen on my own. But if I wait till God opens the door, somebody is going to come through that door and say, hey, Terry, come, would you do this? There are many, many ways. God is infinitely creative in how he confirms his will for our lives, how he confirms the message that he's giving you. When he's asking us to do something, we can trust the waiting time because sometimes we think maybe I should act on it right away. Maybe there's an urgency to this and I, I need to act on it right away. But remember, God knows how much time it's going to take. God knows before you even hear the first inkling from him about this topic, whatever it is, God knows how much time you need to receive confirmation. So he's not going to rush you into something at the last minute. He's not going to speak. For example, your pastor comes to you and says, I would like you to start up a ministry in the parish that goes out and feeds the homeless. That's just an example. Think about what maybe you've been asked to do. So using my example, if the pastor says, I want you to start a ministry for the homeless, and he says, I want you to start right now. But we say, okay, I'm going to go and pray on this first. Your pastor is going to respect that. If he doesn't respect that, you have to wonder whether he's really speaking for the Holy Spirit or, or you know, speaking for Jesus Christ. Because one thing a very wise priest once told me is that Satan drives, Jesus leads. So if you feel driven to do something, that's probably not Jesus. Jesus leads. He says, come over here. And he gives us enough time. He pre-plans into this whole process of discerning his will, the time that we need to receive confirmation that this really is from the Lord. So for example, if the pastor says, I want you to start up this ministry and you say, okay, let me go pray on it. And in the time that you are waiting to hear from the Lord about it, the Lord is knowing fully how much time you need and how much time the ministry needs, the pastor needs, the homeless needs, whatever. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what it's going to take to convince you that it really is him. And he respects that and even wants that. So don't worry about rushing into anything. Wait until you have confirmation. And while you're waiting, rely on the Holy Spirit more and more. Keep praying, come Holy Spirit. The prayer that I end each podcast with, pray that or something like it. Because in these prayer times, asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill you, to come and teach you, to come and guide you, to come and instruct you, to come and renew you, this builds up your ability to hear Jesus when you go and spend time alone with him.
Jesus is smiling at you. Jesus does care about you. If you cannot yet see Jesus smiling at you, if you think he's frowning, if you only see the suffering Jesus, spend time alone visualizing, being with Jesus long enough to see him smile at you. Because he is. He really is. And I would like to end this podcast with that prayer to the Holy Spirit to help that smile of Jesus become more visible to you. So pray this prayer with me. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. And my friend, I want to ask you to hold your hands open as if you are saying, yes, fill me, give to me. Put your hands so that your body is praying along with your mind. Use your open hands as a form of prayer, asking to receive, showing an openness to the Lord to receive. Okay, we'll start this prayer again with your hands open. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me because I want to know Jesus better than I ever have before. And there are things in the way, obstacles, my sins, my misunderstandings, wrong things about Jesus that people have told me. Come Holy Spirit, teach me who Jesus really is. Come Holy Spirit, fill me so much with your presence that I have the eyes to see in my soul, Jesus smiling at me so that I can feel him caring for me, so that I can hear his words to me. Come Holy Spirit, anoint my ears so that I may hear Jesus speaking to me. Come Holy Spirit, anoint my imagination so that I can visualize being alone with Jesus where I can hear him. Come, Holy Spirit, anoint me, fill me. I want all that you have to give me. Help me to be the holy saint that God the Father created me to be and is calling me to be. Come, Holy Spirit, change me. Amen. And now I would just like to add one little more prayer. Let's pray now to Jesus himself. You know, when you pray to the Holy Spirit, you are praying to Jesus and the Father. When you're praying to Jesus, you are praying to the Father and the Holy Spirit. They are all one God. But each person of the Holy Trinity relates to us in a different way. Our relationship with God is different when we relate to Jesus than it is when we relate to the Father or to the Holy Spirit. So the person of Jesus Christ, he is coming to you now, my friend. He is standing before you, my friend, with a smile on his face. So visualize this. Visualize Jesus standing before you with a smile that is the best smile you've ever seen. And his eyes are glowing with love for you. Lord Jesus, I ask right now for my friend who is listening to this podcast, each person listening to this podcast, 
They are your friend, Jesus. And I pray for them to receive right now a supernatural encounter with you, Jesus, where after this podcast finishes, they can continue in prayer and hear you speaking to them. Lord Jesus, touch their ears that they may hear you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray this saying, Lord Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.